السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله النبي الكريم أما بعد فيا عباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقد ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرقت فانصب وإذا ربك فرقت In our previous session, about two weeks ago, we had started Alam Nashrah, or Surah Al-Imshirah. And in Surah Al-Imshirah, we talked about how in Surah Al-Duha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, did He not find you as an orphan and gave you refuge and did he not find you unaware indicted you and he yani allah subhanahu wa ta'ala founded you poor and made you rich in this surah instead of saying he referring to allah allah says alam nashrah yani and we so what duha was talking about the past favors and blessings given to an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam meaning the prophet was worried in Urdu we say, we're concerned about When we do something, what are people going to say? We're concerned. So the Prophet was worried about what this female, this old lady said. So Allah is telling the Prophet be consoled, don't worry about it. Look at all these past favors and all these past things that I did for you. In this surah, Allah is talking about the future, what He's going to do for him in the future. Like, don't settle right now. Don't look at today. You're the result at the end is going to be in your favor. We're going to expand your chest. This burden that is on your shoulder, we're going to relieve you. We're going to make it soft. And they're talking about you. They're saying that your name is not going to spread. Oh, Muhammad. Allah is saying, we. We're going to elevate and raise your name. What is the most popular name on planet Earth? Muhammad. Every parent wants to name their child Muhammad. Even if it's a first name, middle name, but we want our child to have the name of Muhammad after the Prophet. The most, the most, I don't even think there's a doubt in this. The name that is said the most on planet Earth is Muhammad. Muhammad. That is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has elevated the name of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who had no male offsprings. Who had no male offsprings. His lineage continues to his daughter and only one daughter, Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and his grandkids, Hassan and Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anha. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's name is attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can never say the name of Allah without connecting it with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this surah was to console the Prophet that in your future, it's going to be amazing. وَنَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرًا فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يَسْرَىٰ إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يَسْرَىٰ And we had ended here, that one of the poets, he said, إِذَا اشْتَدَّتِ الْبَلْوَىٰ فَفَكَّرْ فِي أَلَمْ نَشْرَىٰ When your pains and your trials and your tribulations and calamities get a little bit severe, then ponder upon the surah of Alam Nashrah. This is for all of us. Things aren't going our way, look at Alam Nashrah. 
Why? It's particular this verse. Last time when we discussed it, we discussed that the word Yusra, it comes in the Arabic form which is called Nakira, a common noun. It's not a proper noun. And Alif Lam, and I explained it like if we say that one man entered, If I were to say, in the Arabic language, if I were to say, Ja'a Rajulun wa Dahaba Rajulun. Ja'a rajulun wa dhahaba rajulun Both of them do not have an alif lam I didn't say ja'a rajulun I didn't say dhahaba rajulun I said ja'a rajulun wa dhahaba rajulun in the, in, in the Arabic language This translates in the English language to One man came and another man left If I were to say ja'a rajulun wa dhahaba rajulun Then that would mean that one man came And that same man left because once we have understood who Rajul is, which means man, now we just add an alif lam and it's referring to the same man that entered. So this is why you have to look at the Arabic language. Ja'a rajulun, dhahaba rajulun means two different nouns, there's two different meanings. So in the surah, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى It should have been, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Yani the second yusra should have had an alif lam. The second Yusra should have had the Alif Lam, meaning with ease, with hardship comes ease. With hardship comes that same ease that we referred to in the previous surah, in the previous verse. The fact that Allah did not bring an Alif Lam after the second Yusra shows that there is two different types of ease for one, for one hardship. But we discuss that Yusra coming twice does not mean that there is two Ease for every hardship. Yusra coming twice does not give the translation as for one hardship there's two ease. The fact that Yusra came again, the translation should be for every hardship there are many ease. There are many comfort, not just two. There are many four. It comes in the meaning of multiplication and not two. So that's why the poet said. That when things aren't going your way, either stadat al balwa, either stadat bikal balwa, fafakir fi adam nashra. When the calamities, your trials, and your tribulations, they're getting too much, then remember and ponder and contemplate upon the surah adam nashra. This is a rough summary of what we had discussed in the last session. This is the first step. فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ فَنْسَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرَدْتَ this is a powerful verse. So when you, O Muhammad when you are done, when you are free, faratta, when do we say When you're free, فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ When you are free, O Muhammad When you are free from your work, who is Allah talking to? Allah is talking to Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The entire life of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in accordance to وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ لِيَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That I have not been created, we have not been created except to do the ibadah of Allah. The message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the day he received prophethood, every single second of his life went in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even then, Allah says, O Muhammad, فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ when you're free from what? فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ Allah is not talking to us in this verse. He's talking to Muhammad. There is no one 
who works harder than the Prophet Oh Muhammad, فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ When you're done. When you're done with what? فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ When you're done from your work with the community. Your day is not done. فَإِذَا فَرَدْتَ فَانْسَبْ Exert yourself in ibadah. وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ And turn towards your Lord with eagerness. رَبَّتْ كِسَبْ like you really want to do the ibadah. Understand this verse. Allah is commanding on Nabi Sallallahu that when he is done for the day, he's exhausted, he's tired, he listened to the Sahaba, he prayed, he gave da'wah, he spoke to the Sahaba, he had meetings with them, he dealt with any issues and complaints they had, he taught them. Oh Muhammad when you are done with your day, then your days, your your nighttime is not done yet. Be sure to tire yourself. Fun sub. Fun sub. Be sure to tire yourself even more by praying to Allah in tahajjud and doing extra ibadah. The entire day of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What was he doing? He's not like us. What was the Prophet ﷺ doing this an entire day? The entire day was spent in serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. That is all he was doing. Yet he is being told when you are done, do not just take out a little time. I want you to go all out and worship now. A person would wonder, what does this actually mean? Wasn't he already worshiping and serving Allah? Wasn't his entire day in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This could be best understood through this example. When a man loves his kids, loves. But the word love is a powerful emotion. I'm not just saying it casually. Love. When a man loves his wife and kids, he goes to work all day. His inspiration to work is to earn money not for himself, but for his family. So they can enjoy. So they can relax. So they can have all the luxuries possible. Some husbands and fathers, they work seven days, they may work seven days a week if he feels that would bring more happiness to their lives. Yet, when he gets home from work, the kids say, Baba, Abu Jan, Dad, can you please pay with us? Can you sit with us? Then after the kids are sleeping, then the wife wants some time too, you have to spend time with her. In short, one thing is doing something for someone. It's another thing giving time to that someone. And husbands understand this very well. You can go to work all day. Then you come home, your wife might say, you might not, you don't do anything for me. And the husband has to explain to her, no, I go to work for you. I earn money for you. All of these things in the house that you have is because I work hard so we can earn this income and money so you can buy whatever you want. What is she talking about? No, no, you did all of that work. But when are you going to sit with me? When are you going to talk to me? O Muhammad You exert yourself greatly to spread the word of Allah and to reform human beings. Exerting himself 
to human being, to human reform, was his greatest form of worship, but it was indirect worship. The verse is telling the Prophet ﷺ, telling him that indirect worship is not sufficient. So when you are free from your collective service to humanity, devote yourself to me. I want direct worship. By turning to Allah in prayer for the success of his efforts. Because this direct worship is what man was created for. You're doing human reform of the Sahaba for what? So they do direct worship. Oh Muhammad, you do everything else for everyone, for my sake. But there are times where I want your concentration to be fully on me. I don't want you thinking about anything else. Just me. Even for a man who works all day, you don't just come home and show a face you're tired. No, you spend time with your children like you're eager to spend some time with them. You spend time with your wife like you're eager to spend time with them. Allah didn't just say, when your day is done, then I want you to exert yourself in my ibadah. Allah says, I want when you're free, I want you to exert, and I don't, want, I don't want you to just exert in my ibadah. I want you to turn to me like you want to turn to me. What did the Prophet said? The coolness of my eyes is found in salah. I love it when I'm praying salah. It's just me and Allah. No one's there, it's just me and Allah. I feel so much sukoon, so much comfort, so much relax. I'm at so much ease because it's just me and Allah. The coolness of my eyes is found in salah. How many of us are sitting here that would say Salah feels like a burden? It's a burden, just a responsibility I just want off of my shoulder. I have to pray with Jandi Salamah I'll just pray quickly. One of our cabin and elders, he was traveling. So some of his khuddam and people that were in his group, you know, Isha came started. So he said, he said, let's pray Isha quickly. Salatul Isha quickly. And then have Asha. Asha, evening meal. Let's quickly pray. And then have our dinner. So Hadrat said, Jaldi se khana khana te Let's eat first, quickly. And let's pray properly. What do we say? Quickly finish the khana. Tell this Maghrib can ask for Then we can go eat our iftar. Go pray if the Maghrib really quickly. You know, Imam said, keep the salah very short. We have to eat. Hadrat is saying, no. Let's eat quickly and take our time in salah. Let's eat quickly and take our time in salah. فَإِذَا فَرَقْتَ فَنْسَبْ وَإِذَا رَبِّكَ فَرْضَبْ With eagerness, like I want it. The word فَنْسَبْ it means to be tired. The verse signifies that one should tire themselves when carrying out acts of ibadah and worship. One should not carry out any works of worship only when we find it convenient. Okay, I have time, I'm relaxed, okay? You know, now I can pray. The days that I'm free and it's easy for me to read Quran, I'll read Quran. Allah is saying, I want you to tire yourself out reading Quran. 
I want you to exhaust yourself in you. You exhausted yourself at work. I want you to exhaust yourself in reciting Quran. When people, you know, these basketball players, when we play basketball, we can play for two, three hours. We don't even feel it. Why? Because we enjoy it. We love it. If we play three hours, we'll play another three hours. Got this. Get on the court, you don't get off. You don't feel it. Why? Because you enjoy it. You love it. It's an excitement that just kicks in. And keep going and keep going and keep going. That is the type of love we need to develop in reciting Quran and doing the ibadah of Allah. We don't even feel it. In the Ramadan, you pray your Tarawih prayers. And some people, they're doing their takaf or they're coming to the Muslim and they're praying their tahajjud prayers. Before they realized it, before they even realized it, they had stood in prayer for five hours. And they didn't even feel it till the salah was over. Wow, what just happened? I didn't even realize. I was so in it. I was feeling the Quran. I was so much in my ibadah. I didn't even, I couldn't even feel the pain in my leg. Those who lead the tarawih prayers, they can lead all 20 rakats and not feel it. Because they enjoy what they're doing. The ones who get tired and leading the tarawih prayers, I mean, they didn't enjoy it. Those who can pray 20 rakats, they don't feel it. Why? They really enjoy it. When you enjoy something, you don't feel the pain. So there is no pain in reciting Quran. In reality, it's an enjoyment. It's the greatest thing that will give you sukun in this dunya. If you really love someone, you make time for them no matter what. That is what this ending verse is saying. Doesn't matter how tired I am. I work for 10, 12 hours just to have a moment with you, I'll do anything. Another relevant point that comes to mind with the ending of this surah, with the ongoing situation around the dunya and around the world, people are doing whatever they can from creating awareness, from boycotts to protests. And different, different means of awareness. And these are all great things, there's no doubt. But how many people are waking up for Tahajjud? How many people have so far cried in Dua? How many people have prayed extra Nawafil for protection? How many people have turned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This surah teaches us. We need to use both means. The apparent ones that people can see. And there's all a reason. And the ones in seclusion where we cry before Allah, both are necessary. Both are necessary. You can't just make dua and then do nothing. And then you can't just do something and then not make dua. A person came to Imam said, then he said to the Imam said that, uh, Malala, can you make dua for me? That uh, Allah grants me Jannat al firdaus Imam said, take care. But can you make dua for me? Imam said, what do, you, what do you want me to make dua for me? He said, can you make dua that tomorrow I wake up like an engineer like you? He said, Imam said, are you mocking me? He said, no, are you mocking me? 
You became an engineer, you studied for six years, you studied for seven, eight years, and then you became an engineer. And all you want me to do is make dua for you that you go to Jannah till Firdaus, but you don't want to do anything for that. So just doing dua for Jannah till Firdaus is not enough. Showing Allah you want Jannah till Firdaus is necessary too. No, Allah, I want Jannah till Firdaus, and then I'm just going to commit sins throughout the day. So that both are extremely important. In finishing off the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wraps up the theme of consolement and peace. The key is to connect yourself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more you connect yourself with Allah, the less worries you will have, and the less what anyone says will stop bothering you. O Muhammad, that is what Allah is teaching the Prophet in these two surahs. I'm enough for you, you don't need anything else. A poet, he says so beautifully. Oh Allah, in other words, I just want, oh Allah, I just want my relationship with you to be sweet. Even if this, this entire dunya is karma. Marira, mar, karma, dinner. Oh Allah, I just want my relationship between me and you to be sweet. Even if it means the entire world is mad at me. Even if it means the entire world is bitter. If I have your sweetness, that's enough for me. Allah. Oh Allah, I just want my I just want you to be happy with me. Even if all of mankind is mad at me. Oh Allah, I just want my relationship with you to be sweet, even if this dunya is bitter. Oh Allah, I just want your happiness, even if all of mankind are mad at me. An angry ghida, ghayr al-magdoube, ghida angry. Walayta al-ladhi bayni wa baynaka amir. I want my relationship, me and you, my relationship to be amir, to be strong, to be firm. Even if it comes at the price of destroying my relationship with the entire dunya. If I have no other relationship, and the only relationship I have is between me and you, that's enough for me. And no one else likes me, it doesn't matter to me. If I have your love, Ya Allah, then everything is easy for me. If I have no, your love, Ya Allah, everything is easy, Ya Allah. And Allah to me, everything, is, everything that is above the ground has no difference between what is beneath it. Allah, what is above the ground and what is below the ground, it's all worthless to me. 
None of it matters to me. This materialistic world, it doesn't matter to me. The only thing that I want and desire is your love. If I have your love, that is enough for me, Ya Rabbi. Surah Al-Din. The fake word started in the middle of the Shabbat. Five minutes or so. This is a Surah Makki, has eight verses. Surah Tatin, Uttini was Zaytun, Uturi Sini, Wahad and Barad and Amin, Lakad Khalafal and Insanati Ahsani Takumin, Thummaradna Aspensati. Allah says, Wattini, Wattini was Zaytuni, Uturi Sini, Wahad and Barad and Amin. Allah takes an oath on four things. And what do ha? What do ha? What lady? You know, what lady does it? What do? What lady? Ida saja? What? What nahari? Ida tajalla ikshara? In different different surahs, what shamsi? What do ha? What qabri? Ida talaha? What lady? Ida yaksha? What do ha? What lady? Ida saja? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala takes an oath on things. In this surah, Allah takes an oath on four things. What tin? Fig? Was zaitun olive? And the mountain of Sina, meaning the mountain that Sayyidina Musa والسلام, talked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and this secure city. Amin, secure, balad city. Allah takes an oath on four things. Two of them are trees the fig tree and the olive tree. The third is an object, Mount Sina, and the fourth is an object, the city of Makkah. So four things. When Allah takes an oath on something, a certain time, place, or things, we learn two things. Number one, the virtue, the magnificence, or the greatness of that time, place, or thing. And number two, it is foreshadowing a subject that is to come later after the story. It is being used to make an argument to draw the listener's attention to the upcoming subject. So Allah hasn't started. So for example, in Surah Duha, Allah swore by the day and by the night, foreshadowing an upcoming point, that life has its ups and downs. It is by design. Allah still loves you. He would never leave you. Just how you need the night and day to keep life balanced, the normal for, for things have sometimes have to be tough and sometimes have to be easy. So over here, what does Allah say? Well, it is four things though. Take a deeper look. Olive, fig and olive. Most scholars say that fig and olive symbolize lands in which these trees are predominant, accordingly. The fig is actually in reference to on, on the mountain which Nu'a's ship landed, Judy. It was a land known for figs. So indirectly, it's referring to Sayyidina Nuh alayhi The olives is in reference to Jerusalem, or Baytul Maqdis. Because Isa alayhi spoke on the mountain of olives. So the fig and olives are both in reference to Jerusalem. With the above opinions in mind, it can also be referring to the prophets alayhi Which prophets? Three. No. Ibrahim and Isa Then Mount Sinai is referring to, or Mount Sinai is referring to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. So four prophets so far. 
Because this is where Musa alayhi salatu wasalam spoke to Allah. The fourth, Wahad al-Balad al-Ameen, the secure city, refers to the Prophet the birthplace and the residence of the final messenger, the Prophet With the above tafsirs in mind, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indirectly just do? In these three verses, He took an oath on four things, and He indirectly refers to the five greatest prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam, yani Nuh, Ibrahim, Isa, Musa, and the Prophet so in these three verses, Allah is referring to these five prophets. What about them? We're talking about the greatest of human beings. What does Allah need to say after that? وَالدِّينِ وَالزَّيْدُونَ وَتُورِسِينِ وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينَ is indirectly referring to these five prophets. What is the lesson we're going to learn? What is the subject matter? Inshallah, we will continue next week. So in order to know, you have to come next week. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase the love of Quran in our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill the love of the Quran in our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those people who will live our lives in accordance to the teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah of our beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullahu khayram. Ba'afi na'ala. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.